This is CliffCentral.com. This is Disrupt with Booming Club, powered by Two Systems. Good day. Welcome to Disrupt with Booming Club. Thank you for joining us once again. Um, we've got a very exciting show, as we mentioned in 2018. We've got quite a number of uh, new surprises. Um, Joining me in the studio today is Dumi Lobelo. Dumi, how are you? Good and you. Good I'm morning, great, everybody. Um, I'm really excited to have you on the show. I'm um, excited to be here. Thank you. I've, I've known you for a very long time. <laughs> forever. Uh, Seems like forever. <laughs> um, so Dumi will be joining us today to um, help us with more current and trending news pertaining around disruption, around technology and business in general. So we'll really be engaging her for 15 minutes um, at the beginning of the show, just taking us through what's been happening. And we've had quite a nice conversation even before the show, talking about um, some of the observations. And then after we do the news feature, Dumi, then um, our guest for today, Dr. Sivu, will be joining me. Um, and uh, we'll be having a nice discussion about you know, the healthcare fraternity, about some of the work he's doing, the advocacy work he's doing, helping... Uh, organizations, countries, the United Nations and other large organizations to leverage the power of social media and technology mm. to really drive messaging around healthcare. But, but we'll come to that a bit later in the show. So do you know there's two key topics that yes. we want to talk about in the show today? Um, for those that are joining us for the first time, you really on the show, we focus on uh, the topic of disruption. We try to analyze it from uh, various perspectives mm. and not only looking at it from a technology perspective, but really how that enables and changes and shapes the world that we're living now and into the future. And there's no better place to start than with the World Economic Forum. Yes. Um, what is the World Economic Forum at a high level? So World Economic Forum is where all world leaders gather to talk about pertinent issues that affect the economy, that affect countries, you know, like poverty. Um, today we're going to be talking about digital transformation. So they sit and they talk about what is the plan globally for African leadership um, and how can we tackle some of the issues and common issues that um, we face as leaders um, in the World Economic Forum. So it's a very exciting thing. It's actually been trending on social media. Um, a lot of people have been talking about it. Uh, we know our very own uh, Cyril Ramaphosa is there as part of the delegation leading um, with um, Lucy Kigaba and others. So it's a, it's, it's a very interesting session. And, and for me, I think everybody's excited and a lot is going to come out of it that we're looking forward to. Yeah, fantastic. So, yeah. I mean, they've got the scope really to engage world issues, global yes. issues, and come up with sustainable solutions for helping yes. us. I mean, whether it's poverty alleviation, mm-hmm. whether it's universal connectivity, whether that's income levels, they really have a broad spectrum of things that they discuss. Yes. But I know you mentioned earlier that top of the agenda for 2018 is digital transformation, yes. is the fourth industrial revolution, and yes. I guess disruption then plays a role in there. Yes. Um, wh- what's happening in that space? What are they, what are they looking to do? Well, the, the, the first thing is they're looking at how they can use technology. Okay. And to, to better the lives of citizens in every country. So, I mean, the digital world, everybody's talking about digitization. Everybody's talking about how we can make the world better through technology. And the interesting part is for the first time this year, right, they actually putting technology in top of their agenda. One of the first sessions that they're having this morning, uh-huh. um, by the way, is to talk about the digital economy. And we uh, they did a poll last week, um, including, well, it ended on Sunday, uh-huh. but basically the majority of people who are excited about this, and this is a, the normal citizen, you and I, yes. um, about uh, WEF, are looking forward to talk about digitization. 
Okay, so, so let me just digital get that right. So, so, so they did a survey amongst yes. the public yes. to say what is the one or two issues that you'd most want to see us yep. addressing at the forum. Yes. And 48% of the people mentioned technology and yes. digital transformation yes. as top of their own agendas. Yes. And that's why I guess they formulated the, the, um, the, the, the topics according, according to the To forum. focus on that. Yeah. I mean, what's interesting about that is how basically the world is looking to world leaders, to global leaders, to tell us how are you going to use technology to basically move forward. Yes. We know that it's something that we cannot deny. They know that it's something that they cannot deny. So how do we capitalize on it? And today we're going to go through some of the things that they are going to be talking about. What's interesting is out of, I mean, the, 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 the uh, conferences from today until Friday, Okay. Um, and they're going to be focusing a lot on healthcare issues, as uh, the doctor will be talking about. Okay. Um, environmental issues. They're going to be talking about a lot of the things that are happening in the world, um, from like the wars and 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 things that are actually pertinent to um, progress, um, economically of 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 uh, different countries in the world. Okay. So I mean. First and foremost, uh, what they they're going to be talking about, like I said, the digital economy. Yes. The 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 main issue or, or area of focus is how do we use technology to make sure that we grow the economy to better the lives of citizens. I mean, I know it's very broad, right? Yes, yes. But they're focusing on things like um, artificial intelligence, like AI. So everybody's talking about artificial intelligence. So how do we use artificial intelligence to make sure that uh, the economy grows okay. uh, globally and locally? Okay. And how do we make sure that people get to use that technology? I mean, the interesting stats that they have is the fact that um, almost half, 52% of the world does not have access to technology. So how do you make sure that globally you get people online to make sure that they get access to these things that we're talking about? It's, it's, Inclusivity. Yeah, it's all good and well for us to get excited, especially Africa, as we know. Yes. I mean, Africa, we, we, we're still developing. We're still pushing to get there. I mean, a lot of countries are, are moving forward. They're doing the right thing. But I mean, I think at the end of the day, there's still a lot to be done. So mm. they're going to be focusing on areas. How do we light up Africa? Okay. How do we light up the world to make sure that it's inclusive and we make sure that everybody uses this technology? So they're going to be talking about the digital economy. Okay. What else are they talking about? So they're going to be uh, the other things they're talking about is cyber security. So how do we make sure that we protect information? Yes. Right. Globally, we've heard about the hacks. We've heard about you know anonymous and different people you know that are are, are, are rooting against government mm. to basically expose them in terms of what they're doing. So corrupt governments, corrupt people, and we've seen a lot of personalities and and, and politicians actually being compromising, being found in compromising positions because of information that has come out from corruption to things they're doing behind closed doors to conversations that they're having with other world leaders that they're not supposed to be having. Mm. So they're looking at how do we make sure that we protect our information as governments? Right. And as you would find interestingly, um, 61% of all attacks stem from the United States. Right? So of, of, of cybersecurity attacks? Yes, cybersecurity okay. attacks stem from the States. So we're looking at, okay, so obviously in the United States they advanced and obviously they, they, there's interest in what's happening globally. But how do we curb that? Mm. And particularly in Africa, how mm. do we make sure that we protect ourselves? So they're going to be focusing on that. Just on that, I mean, are, yeah. they, are they doing anything... Um, a broader in terms of your uh, personal information, your you know privacy of information, because obviously a lot of us are 
exposed and making use of many social media platforms. And there's potential that we get exposed in terms of our information being used to drive other agendas. Are, are there any topics or engagements around that? Yes, definitely. In fact, they have um, come up with what they call the Center for Fourth Industrial Revolution. Okay. Um, where basically they're focusing on uh, digital projects for World Economic Forum. So um, one of the projects that they're focusing on, there, there are about 12 of them, is called Digital Identity. So it's talking about what is the identity of how, how do you basically protect this, uh, the identity of our citizens and how do we make sure that every single person can trust the government with their identity? We heard about the story in South Africa where 30 million records right, yes. were, were, were hacked into. So how do we make sure that such instances or such things don't take place moving forward and in future? How do we make sure that in the world uh, uh, people can be comfortable with giving information to governments, giving information to agencies and making sure that the information about themselves will not go out? I mean, the banks have been compromised quite heavily as well. The top two industries, in fact, that are uh, vulnerable, compromised towards cybersecurity attacks is uh, governments and financial financial services. services. So those are the ones that are more prone. So a lot of the banks are gearing themselves up to make sure that they put measures in place to protect themselves against um, all vulnerability. So they are doing a lot in terms of looking at protecting the identity um, from a digital perspective. Okay. Yeah. So the other things that uh, and another project or another session track that they're going to be having over the next couple of days, which is quite exciting for me, um, is talking about reconnecting refugees. As we know, we've got uh, war-torn countries all over Africa, particularly. Yes. And the, the 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 purpose of this project is to find out how do we use technology to basically uh, reconnect families. So where, where people are. are, are, are have to move and go to other countries, go to other cities because um, where they are is unsafe. How do you make sure that they find one another? You know, children um, get, get, how do we find that children get reconnected with their families? You know, and people um, don't feel like they are, they, they are in places that uh, they're unsafe, but they don't have to worry about their family. So they, they're creating a platform where you can go on and basically uh, uh, see, okay, my, I'm, uh, basically you put up, so my name is Dumilo Velo and I am in this particular country and these are the reasons why I'm here and then I can go and look up some of my family members and see where they are, and where see where they are and see how we fantastic. can reconnect. So this is basically for me a, a personal thing yes. um, because we, we can see that a lot of the times families are torn apart because of war, because of different uh, things that are happening in different countries but this platform allows people to basically connect with with their loved ones and make sure that they don't stay in, you know, as exiles in, in foreign countries for longer than they need to. Okay. So that's one of the things that we, that, that they're talking about. Um, the other thing that, that's quite uh, interesting that they're talking about is they're talking to the Google chief, chief executive, Sander Pechai on AI. Now, okay. everybody's talking about artificial intelligence. Yes. So computers are taking over. They're making decisions on our behalf. So um, what is Google doing in that instance? So Google have multiple projects um, where they've got Google Analytics and, and different things that they're doing um, in that space of artificial Artificial intelligence. You've had guests on your show before. Absolutely, yeah. Talked it's about very topical, particularly yes, with you yes. know economic growth, employment, and yes. so many uh, factors that come into it. Definitely. So, so before we wrap up on the World Economic Forum discussion, yeah. then um, is there not a risk that this just becomes a talk shop? You know, every time I hear of another conference yes, or an Indaba true. or whatever, I and 
I get, the, I get, I tend to become a little bit skeptical to say, what are the things that they do to make sure that these things become actionable? Have you picked up anything from that perspective? I know you said they run quite a few projects, they're employing yes. people. What are they doing to make these things tangible and actionable going forward? Well, the positive thing about this is the fact that, I mean, we, uh, voted and we said we want to hear about technology We want to hear about anything digital So when you sit as world leaders Talk about things that we want to hear about okay. And they've literally prioritized technology In all their sessions and track throughout the next couple of days The other thing is the center I was talking about The center of fourth industrial revolution okay. Basically they're focusing on projects That will help world leaders through technology So it's in different facets So from the environment From how to fix poverty I talked about identity, cybersecurity. So they, these are focused projects And in fact they're hiring So if any one of you Wants to work for the World Economic Forum On the digital team They're hiring people To basically project manage Each and everything So for me It's not just a talk shop Absolutely. They're going to take Whatever deliverables Or outcomes That come out of this project Or this, this conference And they're going to apply it And they are going to Actually uh, report back that's what they said. They're going to report back on progress on what they're doing and how each country is faring according to what they have committed on at the conference. Fantastic. Yes. So really great to hear that on a global level, um, the, you know, this topic of the fourth industrial revolution is something that world leaders, politicians are taking very seriously. Yes. So now the next one is around Amazon. They yes. made a big move yesterday. What's happening in Amazon's world? They've been teasing us for the past year. <laughs> I mean, Amazon Go... Got, uh, went live yesterday. Okay. So the first store, right, where there are no cashiers, and I'm sure South Africans would love to hear that, <laughs> you actually walk in and walk out. Okay. So, so you walk in, you pick what you want. Pick what and you, you want, and then you walk out. Okay. So you don't have to interact with any human being other than people that are actually shopping along with you. So this is very exciting. So for the past year, they've been developing this concept. Okay. And um, the, the the thing is, how do we make sure that shoppers don't have to stay in stores for longer than they have to? I mean, we 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 we're dealing in a very impatient with very impatient uh, people in the society where they just want to go in and go out. Yeah. So they've created uh, a platform or a a, 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 a retail store with. It, right now it's situated in Seattle in, at their headquarters, but okay. they, it, this is just for their pilot, obviously for their first store. But what they're looking to do is, you basically have an Amazon account. Right on your phone. It's an, uh, a, a mobile app. Okay. You walk into uh, Amazon Go store. You pick whatever you want. And as you pick uh, and put into your cart, it basically picks up what you've picked. So if I pick uh, apples, um, it will pick up an apple. And if I feel like, okay, I don't feel like eating apples today, um, uh, and I put it back on the shelf, it will basically um, uh, track that it's uh, out of my yeah, yeah. return to the shelf. So basically I pick whatever I want and I walk out the store with my goods. And as I walk out, it will uh, basically uh, t tally up uh, whatever I've bought and uh, put it towards my uh, account on Amazon. So basically, you don't even have a credit card. You don't need to to, to have any card to basically swipe uh, your goods. It will be all done online. So you basically can track your purchases. Um, now, obviously, they're the naysayers, right, mm. um, who say this basically just says, you know, uh, uh, whoever is uh, what you call. Thieves can walk in and out. It basically increases thefts in stores. But Amazon are saying no because there will be some level of security. Obviously, yeah. you cannot just walk out. Um, and and you walk when you walk in, you actually need an Amazon account. You can't just walk in and, and not have and, and start picking stuff. So it, it it basically goes to to the point of saying how do we use technology to make um retail a, a better? And I mean they're doing this in South Africa. They've started doing this in South piloting, Africa, yeah. piloting. Uh, pick and pay is currently piloting. 
And they will be releasing the results in the next month or two. In Cape Town, they're doing this. Yeah. So basically, um, they, they call it uh, a cashierless tellers, okay. <laughs> right? So you walk into pick and pay, you pick whatever you want, um, you scan it yourself, you pay for yourself, and then you walk out. Um, and now, obviously, the unions are up in arms, saying that jobs Employment will be lost. Um, but um, if you look at it, we are growing into that phase where if we don't um, take heed of technology and its ad- ad- advancements, we will be left behind. Um, we uh, Right now, we're talking about repurposing people, repurposing skills. Tech skills are very scarce. So instead of saying jobs are going to be lost, we're looking at different areas where we can repurpose people. Mm. You're a teller today, but tomorrow you can be somebody who's a programmer, right? Absolutely. And programming um uh, applications for pick and pay or maintaining able, these yes. automated tools. These, they need people to be men- to maintain them. To do yes. marketing on the mobile app, etc. Yes. So, okay, so, so we've run short on time, yeah. and uh, I mean this was this was wonderful for you know getting insights into what's currently happening. Yes. Very quickly, what can we look forward to in the coming weeks in terms of some of the conversations you want us to tackle? Now everybody's talking banks. MTN have just announced that they. Uh, Launching a bank um, We heard about Michael Jordan The former CEO of FNB He's also launching a bank So everybody's launching a bank So we're going to go into that To say why is it so easy enough For everybody to talk about launching banks The other thing we're going to be talking about Is the on, uh, the crisis at um, Cape Town The water crisis Absolutely. And what they're doing To use technology To basically monitor uh, The usage of water And how people can ensure That they're also um, Using water efficiently They can go online And do this by themselves Fantastic Two really great topics I look yes. forward to to, to engaging those two Thank you very much Dumi So Thank you You're staying with us yes, In any I case yes, um, I'd like to now Introduce our co- our, our guest um, For the show today uh, Dr. Siwile Madikana He's a medical doctor And health advocate So I really want to understand What a health advocate is Because I think We probably do need More of those you're passion- He's passionate about Healthcare About raising awareness Amongst the youth On communicable diseases In South Africa And I think more broadly Around the continent uh, he's completed his MBA where he focused on using social media for health awareness as a tool. And he's currently in New York uh, doing his master's. Um, he's, um, I think he's a candidate at um, which university is this? Um, he'll tell us about which university it is, but really focusing on his master's around public health care and looking to then take those skills and bring them back onto, into South Africa and onto the continent to help raise awareness and really improve the health of people on the continent. Sivu, how are you? Welcome to the show. Um, good. How are you doing? Very, very good. Um, yeah. So very quickly, I mean, you, you've done a lot in a relatively short period of time, and I can only assume there's a sense of purpose around it. Um, wh- when did you realize that, you know, obviously you knew that you wanted to be a doctor, but it sounds like you knew that you wanted to be more than just another doctor. Um, when did that and how did that come about for you? Look, um, growing up, I've always wanted to do, I mean, a lot of things, right? But society tells you that, you can really only be one thing. Mm. And I grew up not believing in that. Um, I remember I started getting into the media space when I was in varsity. I worked for a community radio station okay. uh, when I was back at Vits. And while I was still doing medicine, um, and, and even during that time, a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, like, why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? And I've always believed that you can be whatever you want to be. I mean, there's many facets of us as human beings. Therefore, you must just explore all that you want to become. I mean, there's more than enough time um, to do everything you want to do. So I've always known that I wanted to do a lot and I really wanted to do it well and do it greatly. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, on, on the show, our focus is really looking at this, this concept or topic of disruption. And as I've said, we we try to tackle it from many different angles, you know. So, 
in many cases, invariably, it comes back to a technology conversation, but that's not necessarily the premise, if you get what mm-hmm. I mean. You are tackling the medical field very differently, um, yeah. and, and you're trying to look at it from a different perspective. Can you take us through what your perspective is and your philosophy towards that currently? Look, um, I think we were mentioning earlier on, like in terms of what does health advocacy mean? Yeah. And, and for example, not every person who is a doctor, not every person who's a nurse, not every person who's an allied health professional is a health advocate. Um, so I've used both my knowledge and, and, and my, my, my gravitas within on social media to kind of promote healthcare, healthy living, and especially around HIV and AIDS in South Africa. So the research that I did, um, at, at when I was doing my MBA was yeah. one of the first of its kinds in, in the country. And it was around the fact that how can we use social media, um, as a health awareness tool? Because we know the traditional forms of media, TV, radio, um, I mean, digital and internet radio is like quite new as well. Mm. And, and with, with the advent, with the advent of social media in, in the world as a whole, um, why should companies and, and agencies invest in social media marketing? Um, and a lot of research has been done around consumer marketing in terms of like other fields, but not, not much has been done in terms of looking at healthcare and the results. If, if, if I invest in healthcare, what are the outcomes that okay. I'm going to get? Is there going to be a, a behavior change? You know, cause you know, if you put a billboard up on the road and 20 people pass that billboard, there's a formula to calculate how many people will have passed that billboard and will the consumer go and buy the product? Uh. So now we're looking at, if we put out social media messaging onto social media platforms okay. such as Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Flickr, um, will it really have an, a behavioral change impact? Will people view that and then change their behavior in terms of, for example, we say you must use condoms. You must test every three months uh, for HIV. What we're looking at is that will there be an actual behavioral change in that? Okay. And if you're using social media. And, and how do you then measure? Because it gets quite complex to, to, you know, to ascertain whether that behavioral change took, has taken place. Can you maybe take us through in terms of the research you did, the approach you took to it, and then how you were able to measure the results coming out of that? All right. So my study was a qualitative study. Okay. Um, so it wasn't really a quant study. So because that's more like a person who's really focused in terms of like marketing and stuff. Yes. So there the, are formulas that people use in terms of engagement, um, in, ter- in terms of behavior change. So what I was looking at was the question was, does social media and health have an actual behavioral change on the person on the other end of the line? The one who's actually viewing the social media tweets or Instagram posts or Facebook posts. Okay. And the, the obvious answer to that was a yes. And so what I wanted to find out is what... What was it about the messaging that made them change their behavior? And so I went through the process of interviewing about 15 candidates and looking specifically and asking them specific questions about what is it about the messaging that you liked? What did you not like? And, and the whole aim was to really come up with a paper to say to agencies, for example, the United Nations or to the World Health Organization, um, this is what you can do when you're doing your social media strategy. Okay. These are the kind of things that the consumers are looking at. This is what they want to hear. For example, is there a difference when, let's say, Dr. Sivu tweets and is tweeting on behalf of um, WHO or does WHO have to tweet for themselves and it's just coming from the account? Okay. So do people trust more the person or do they trust the organization? organization. So those okay. kind of things I was looking at, those subtleties. Okay. And, 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 and what did you find, by the way? Yeah, very pe- interesting. <laughs> yeah, people are more likely to trust 
the individual, the individual. than they do the organization I, I because so. yeah, they're yeah. able to more to, to to relate a bit more to um to to a human being than they are to an organization that generally is not representative representative of an actual person you know mm. so it's interesting because Jimmy was talking about how top of the agenda at the at the world economic forum and they tackle health issues quite yes. extensively there as well. Mm. Uh, is is a conversation around I guess let me say technology broadly, but yeah. but the the change in the world that's being brought about by technology mm. within your field and within your sector, are you feeling the impact of that in any significant way? I mean, the te- technology is an integral part of 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 the world as a whole, and yeah. within the health sector, there's a lot of um, changes that are coming in with the with the advent of um, AI. So artificial intelligence is literally changing the the way medical practitioners practice, the way um, we reach um, our patients. Uh, for example, ar- around South Africa, which well, this is something that's been happening in like the more developed countries uh, much faster than we have. But the the the, the use of electronic patient records, mm. uh, we don't have a lot of that, right? And and it'd be better for the country to move in that direction, and we need to find ways. In order for us to move in that direction of keeping patients' records um, um, in an electronic manner, uh, having a central server so that it, it, it improves better healthcare as well. Um, so those are kind of things that are happening in terms of change. I mean, there's probably about two hospitals that I know of currently that have electronic patient records, and the whole aim is to really have every hospital, this is government, this is private, having electronic patient records. Which are easily accessible So wherever you are in the country You should be able to access What history you have as a patient So mm-hmm. those are the kind of changes That we're seeing In terms of the healthcare sector um, And also um, I, I know in terms of um, You know pro- Providing healthcare remotely So yes. you find that There's not a lot of specialists Especially in the de- developing world um, And it, it's, it's become apparent that um, We're able to then now Have a doctor who is Let's say in Europe um, technically conducting a surgery in Africa using robotics. Okay. You know, mm. so those, that's, those are kind of things that we're seeing. Okay. Now let's talk, and to me, please weigh in as well. Let's yes. talk now, um, about, uh, your current assignment or, or, or in, he's called it an internship to a certain extent in, in New York. Uh, how did that come about? All right. So quite, a, yeah, it's very interesting. Um, so I had just moved to New York and I moved there. In September last year okay. So I just completed the MBA And I got accepted to NYU Which is New York University At okay. the oh, College wow. of Global Public Health to, to do a master's in public health And my focus is healthcare management And healthcare policy mm. um, And interestingly enough There was the, the UN summit That was taking place When I just got into town And I happened to meet um, the, the, the executive director of United Nations Women and it's through that that we're looking at ways to solve, you know, the the issues that we have around gender-based violence, and 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 this is a topic that affects everyone in the world across nations, developing not non-developed nations, mm. and um, from that I told them, look, this was my research when I was doing the MBA that we we are moving into less traditional forms of marketing. And into social media marketing and digital marketing. And it, it, I'd really implore the UN to start looking and investing money into social media marketing and, and using the digital space a bit more. Because, for example, when it comes to changing behavior, right? Um, children behave in a certain way because they modeled to do that. Okay. Because they see people. So if, 
if we're providing platforms and providing positive messaging on platforms that mm-hmm. they are on every single day, mm. um, we're able to help model their behavior. For example, you being abusive towards a female, uh, being derogatory is, is something that's not okay. And they need to know that. Mm. So, what I was saying to them is that use platforms that are already available. That they're already engaged on. That they're already engaged yeah. on to give out messaging. Um, so they're already doing things um, like that, for example, the he for she movement, where they've they found males that are going to be positive role models for, for, for young men and in terms of how they can treat young females. But what I was saying to them is that they need to dive a bit more in, into the social media space and, and, and use it as a health behavioral change tool. And, um, yeah, I went for an interview and yeah, I got a job as a policy advisor to the UN. Oh, fantastic. Oh, that's yeah. Great. And you're still, and you're still working on that. So you're still working uh, with the UN currently? I'm, I'm, I'm going to be starting now when I get back. Oh, okay. <laughs> and when do you complete your, your internship? Uh, so it's about five months. So I'm completing it at the end of this, um, the first semester. Okay. So we'll see if we stay on this. So basically I'll be doing research and helping United Nations women, um, come up with a formula to create a social media app for mm. them on, and a roadmap for them to have an app that can, they can implement across the world mm. for different nations. Okay. I'm just sitting and I'm thinking, it doesn't sound like you plan to do any clinical work as much as you're a qualified <laughs> doctor. It's a tech um, doctor. <laughs> What's I mean? What, 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 where are you planning to go with this? I mean, do you plan to practice at all, or are you more going to focus on policy issues and broader context around the medical profession? Look, I think we need more people that are focusing on more health management issues and health policy issues. Okay, people that are educated, people that have the know-how. Um, so, I'm 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 blessed enough to have the the clinical background, mm. the management background as well, and now I'm I'm getting a bit more into that. More managers specifically for the healthcare systems. Um, and really, um, I'm, I'm completely out of the clinical space right now. Mm. And I, I think what I'm doing will probably be more, um, what do you call this? Be more impactful. Not that then doctors are not, you, not then if you were to, so yeah, what you can yes. offer on the management and policy side will have more impact than what you can offer. Yes. Clinically. Yeah. Right. So basically the whole premise of public health is that you, you don't just deal directly with one patient. You're dealing with a whole cohort of people. I'm able to change policies for countries, for nations and to advise in, in, in terms of, um, how they should go about their healthcare. And that, and, and that has a greater impact than dealing with one on one and, uh, uh, Per person and per patient So I feel like it's Yeah I'm in the right direction Yeah So I want to then talk about something That that's, that I tend to gravitate towards a lot And it, it's around this concept of fake news Right So Yeah So media I mean as much as talking about social media Digital media It's it's essentially the same things Right It's just an evolution of, of media And you're talking about Having You know Encouraging young people to be, To model themselves differently To be influenced by um, I guess more positive type of messaging. Yeah. The challenge we have is that, you know, young people also tend to be very skeptical, you know, because, you know, con- they're very smart now. They know, I mean, I've got kids, they know. It's like, uh, that, that's an advert or that's real, that's not real, whatever. They know what paid posts are, sponsored posts, etc. Um, my question is, how are we going to make sure that the messages land credibly? You know, that it's not kind of lecturing what's the UN telling you this and it's a public health message. Have you guys given any thought to that? Well, I mean, to answer that question really, it's, it's, I feel like it's more about getting 
getting more people to do the right kind of research. For example, the research I was doing was looking at, like what I was saying, mm. do people trust organizations? Do they trust the individual? Yeah. Um, so the whole aim is to really try to tap into the human psyche and find out um, what is it about the social media space and, 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 and influence that makes them believe that individual. For example, if you think about the whole idea of like social media influences right now, mm. um, we follow social media influences because we want to follow them, not mm. because we see them on TV, not because we see them. We, we found them on the social media app mm. and we want to follow them. And even so, they do have that whole paid for app mm. um, or paid in partnership with, mm. but the fact is I still follow that person. I will still like the picture and that picture is, it's an ad mm. at the end of the day. Mm. Um, and therefore that person has influence over me. Mm. So the same thing with the healthcare space. If, for example, a person is following Dr. Sivu or they're following Dr. Yanga or Dr. Mshomi on online, um, and even though that person has been paid by the World Health, Health Organization, individuals still follow that person for a purpose. Yes. And whatever they say will have an impact on the on the behavior whoever's following them. Mm. Mm. So... Interestingly enough, sorry, um, at the World Economic Forum, one of the sessions they're going to have for the next couple of days has to do with fake news. So what should people believe out there in social media and on different platforms? And um, how do we make sure that the information, especially around healthcare, funny enough, the second most uh, uh, thing that people want to hear is about healthcare. So what is it that healthcare is doing? Or what, what, what is... Uh, what are the developments in the healthcare sector that will help us uh, to ensure that we move forward? And you were talking about, I mean, the tech doctor, I'm going to call him the tech doctor. <laughs> <laughs> so you were talking about making sure that one doctor can reach many people. Mm-hmm. So how do you feel about uh, the Discoveries Health's Doctor Connect app, where basically you go on and it gives you a diagnosis depending on whatever you put in there about what you're feeling and all of that um, as a medium to basically not just rely on physical doctors, but you can go somewhere and basically understand what you have. Yeah, so interestingly enough, I was part of the pilot for Dr. Connect oh, wow. from Discovery when it when it when it was launching um end of last year. Um and it's I feel like it's 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 something that it, we've been waiting to do in mm. the country. It's taken too long for us to move in that direction. Okay. The, the the problem we have in South Africa and currently the legislation is that you cannot see a pa- a patient or a person um online that you've never Consulted with before okay. So that's the legislation That we have But I mean Moving in that direction Countries have Already have Things like The Doctor Connect app um, But in a different way Like healthinfo.com And stuff And um, What they're doing there Is that It's 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 becoming less of a burden for people to physically walk into a doctor's room, but you're able to log online and be mm-hmm. like, okay, these are my symptoms. Mm-hmm. And when you come up with symptoms, there's likely diagnosis already that you have. Mm-hmm. And if it's something that's more serious, then you can tell the patient to quickly, you know, go to the emergency room. But it, it literally cuts down on the time that people have to physically be at a certain place. You can connect with your doctor online. It takes away a lot of, um, Unnecessary movements And you have As as I suppose as a doctor You have more time To see more patients mm. um, That will possibly have Like a more serious condition Or, or more serious case mm. And uh, But is there not the risk then And maybe I'm not putting on my You know uh, Parent head But there's not Is there not the, the risk That then people Underdiagnose If I can put it that way So are there not things that You know As a clinician When I walk in there I might say one thing But you look at me And you can tell that there's something else fundamentally wrong, or whatever the case may be. 
Yeah. I mean, as, as I know some of those things that, I mean, the, the discussions that you guys would have when you're trying to implement these new policies. Yeah. So look, th- those are the discussions that people are having all the time. And, and, uh, and what a lot of people are afraid of is that the, the problem with using digital media as, as a, as a way to connect with patients is that it might lead to misdiagnosis, mm. which is exactly what you're saying. But 60% of the time as a medical practitioner, you will know from the history that this is what's wrong with the patient. You'll okay. have a diagnosis before you even touch an individual okay. because this is what they said to you and those symptoms occur commonly. Okay. Um, so, and, and even so, a person who's really, really sick at home and who will need to be taken into the hospital will probably not be the one who's going online. It's more the person who's got the flu and who's like, um, listen, I, I honestly, yeah, I'm feeling, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling a bit druggy. <laughs> yeah. I'm, a, I'm a bit tired. I'm yeah. lethargic. This is what's happening. They're more likely to, like, I mean, not want to go see a person, like, just sit at home and be like, okay, this is what I need. Yeah. Uh, then they're like, okay, this is the diagnosis. This is your script. You can get, um, a pharmacy delivery straight to your home. Mm. And, and it, it just makes things easier. It I'm makes things flow. Yeah. I don't like going to the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So now let, let's move on and talk a little bit about some of the other things that you're doing. So, um, I mean, you've, you've built quite a, a strong brand, um, for yourself, um, outside of, you know, the, the medical fraternity. Uh, so Somewhere you're even a brand ambassador for an alcohol brand, if I'm not mistaken, or, mm. or you do some work with them. Um, the the aspect of building a personal brand it's something that you think there's a lot of value in, something that makes a lot of sense. Um, uh, yeah. So part part of part of the courses I took as an elective at business school was um, strategic brand management. Okay. And and it's really looking at um, um, what you put out there in the world and and how people need to perceive what you're doing. So it's important to, to kind of be very strategic about what you are putting out there to people. So not everything is for you. And exactly what you're saying, it, it, it takes time to, to suppose build a brand. I don't like calling like, Oh my gosh, I'm a brand. You know? uh, I don't, I don't like that at all, but um, I have built a public profile mm. and, and that has taken time. And what I use it for, that's my most important thing Okay. Um, that I didn't just build it just because so that, I can just be, you know, just out here. Um, the, there was a purpose behind it and, and we're able to, to really have an influence on people. That's why people are called influencers. You have to have influence on people. And therefore I try to use that in a, in a positive light, in a positive aspect. Mm. Um, um, and these things take time, but, um, I feel, I feel like we all have a purpose in this life and we must continually Strive towards it And I feel I'm here to have a positive impact On people And and I was given this platform so that I can do that mm. I guess it goes back to even before Everything was technology based Where you really looked at uh, doctors As uh, as role models You know, I mean, yeah. even till today If you say someone's a doctor, there's that esteem That comes with that you yeah, know? Yeah. And, I, and I guess what, what the digital world does Is it's able to amplify, you know, whereas before The doctor might have been in a particular community mm. And servicing those mm. people uh, with social media and the other platforms that are available today, and it's, it's kind of like you're able to have that community impact on a much broader audience. Is that mm-hmm. part of is that part of the thinking? Yeah. Look, um, I, I mean, as, as you're saying, if if a person is a doctor in a community, they're technically the leader already. Yeah. You know, um, and so we we're already given that leadership platform, and and my thing was, okay, I'm already doing all these things. Might as well fuse all that I'm doing and. And, and try change the perspective of a lot of people. I mean, even within the medical fraternity, a lot of people don't, don't understand why 
I do and some of us do the things that we do. Mm. Uh, cause the tra- traditional route is to, I mean, finish medical school, do internship, community service, and afterwards go specialize. And mm. then, you know, mm. that's it. Um, I feel like I've, I have an, an even bigger calling in life and it's my calling and, and not anyone else's. And I'm going to use the platforms that I have available to me to, to kind of have an impact on that mm. and, and to kind of change lives and, and in, in, a, in a positive manner. But isn't there the opportunity then? And I'm just thinking about this now. If more doctors, not necessarily go to the extent that you've gone to, but, uh, you know, doctors typically medical school teaches you very specific things. You know, they don't really mm. branch out, um, into yeah. other stuff, you know, in terms of yeah. the curriculum that they follow. It's medicine, it's clinical, it's physiology, it's all of those things. And in today's world, I mean, even if a doctor who didn't necessarily want to be on, you know, platforms like yourself, but if they could reach just a few more people, in their, you know, in their space, the impact it could have. Don't you think there's, I think, something within the way that we teach medicine that could benefit society more broadly besides just teaching them, you know, the technicalities of being a doctor and what they need to do? Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with you. And so part of what I'm doing currently is is I'm trying to work with uh, Wits Medical School, trying to introduce a social media course. Yeah. Oh, wow, um, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was about to say, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the whole idea is to really introduce a social media course, but also in terms of ethics within social media, because there's certain things that you can't do, and people aren't attuned to that, and they don't know that kind of information. Mm. Like you can't post a patient who has not given you permission to post that, Absolutely. That, 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 that kind of stuff on social media platforms. And um, and also just like what you're saying, in, in terms of if 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 people had these accounts, um, they'd be able to reach more people. And that's the whole idea. Mm. Social media works on the idea of a social network. Yes. Mm. Um, in that if I am here, um, I have you two as my network. You two have three other people for each of you. And yes. literally so that's how it works. You influence the people around you and that person will influence another person. So really, uh, I mean, if, if more people within us, the health fraternity would, would go on it, um, and, and, and put them a bit more effort, but I think they also need to be taught because these things don't just happen miraculously. Yeah. Uh, people have to learn it. They have to take time and it's not for everyone as well. But I feel like if, if, if we get to that point where we're able to teach them at school to be like, this is how you use it. You can use it in this way. These are the kind of m- messages that you need to put across and this is what you can do to, to help, um, educate people because mm. it's, it's really, it's a really good platform to for, for health promotion. Yes. yes. Um, yes. because, a, Definitely. I mean, putting a poster up on the wall won't guarantee that everyone will see it, mm, right? Mm. But I mean, if I'm following all my doctors, I'm following um, whoever, and they're putting out good messages in terms of health, in terms of how to eat, what to do in exercise, mm. that will have a positive impact on people. I mean, even if we take a simple thing like this, this new disease, Lister, what is it called? Listerosis. Listerosis, yeah. yeah I mean, Listeriosis, yeah. So if, if I just look at that, um, I don't, I, I mean, I've got quite a few doctors in my network. None of them have really posted anything definitive about it. It's kind of like stuff you get on WhatsApp groups or whatever, but oh, none of the them have, department. Oh, none of them yeah. are proactively, mm. well, then they probably got the information. They know it because it's kind of their, their domain have posted anything to say, guys, you would have heard this. This is true. This is not true. Be cautious in this way or whatever. So I think mm. with a bit of education, um, early on as part of learning to be a doctor, you know, just, what do you do when there's things like this? How do you help advocate things that you're talking about? I reckon it could make a massive difference um, to our communities. 
I want to then talk um, about you. So, <laughs> you know, we, we jump straight into the work that you're doing. But your background, um, uh, where, where are you from? Uh, where did you study at Wits? But um, just a little bit about yourself. Uh, so I was born in the dust streets of um, <laughs> Umtata. As you know, I was born in East London. And, okay. But then I lived in Umtata for a very long time. And from there, I moved to Johannesburg. I'm, I'm a Johannesburg boy. Okay. Went to primary school, went to high school here. Um, I went to varsity here. I was at Wits. So I went to Wits Medical School mm-hmm. to do my undergrad. I went in Cape Town at Hutuskir Hospital and Red Cross War Memorial Children's Hospital for my internship, um, which is the UCT circuit. Uh, so I've gotten to see a bit of both worlds, mm. uh, which is, is quite an interesting contrast, actually, that it's all government, but the, 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 just how it, just how it's run is very different. Okay. Um, and from there I came back. I did community service and then I went to Wits Business School to do uh, my master's in business administration okay. uh, with a research focus in healthcare. Okay. Um, and then after that, I mean, I went to New York. That's That sums me up. It's been a whirlwind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been, it's been a lot. It's been a lot. But yeah. I think after these masters, I'm done for a bit. Uh, so you're going to focus on actually doing the work now, the work yeah. on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah with yeah. the UN, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. yeah. Do me any more questions or insights from your side? Just, just on, on my side, what is... What are those glaring issues that you see um, with healthcare management in our country? And what do you think we need to do in order to progress much faster than we are right now? I mean, um, you, you've done your internships and now you're in New York. I mean, you see a lot of what the world is doing. So what do you think that we can implement to make sure that we fast track progress in the healthcare sector? Because everybody's complaining about, you know, the queues at the clinic, especially in public healthcare yeah. and how big the gap is between private and public health care. So what is it that you think we need to do from, from your experience? In all honesty, and this is what I've said, I mean, time and time again, I remember, I mean, the Honorable Minister was with us um, at, at at one of these events. And I was saying to him, and this is something I noticed from when I was at medical school, why do we have people running hospitals all across the country that are not qualified to run hospitals. Why are people managing 500 million rand budgets when they've never done financial accounting in their lives? Mm. Just because a person was a doctor and worked and has great leadership skills does not mean that person will make sure that it's run Mm. efficiently and is run well. Mm. Um, So in all honesty, I feel like we need to train people. We need to train people and train them properly. Um, If if it means universities specifically coming up with an MBA for healthcare management, they need to do that in conjunction with the government in terms of what do people need to do. Mm-hmm. So if, the business skills behind it. Yeah, the, the business skills behind it because as much as we love clinical medicine, at the end of the day, it is a, it, it is a business um, and it should be run like a business, not a charity. We shouldn't be running hospitals like running a charity show. Mm. Um, so I think we need to have more qualified individuals um, get people. It, it should be an initiative to get people to go train, to go yeah. train them, and 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 not just have people running as as, as they feel. Yeah, like it. I guess it goes back to what I said earlier. Um, that you know, when you study medicine, by and large, you're literally studying how to do the work that you do, and you don't get much of a perspective into anything else. Yeah, and. And I mean, being a good doctor for 20 years doesn't necessarily make you a good CEO for one year. I mean, there <laughs> exactly. are exceptional cases. I mean, a lot of people do spend a lot of time equipping themselves and training themselves. Mm-hmm. But that should al- almost become the standard as opposed to becoming ex- an exceptional case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. If, if we're going to really grow, 
you know, the, 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 the pool of skills that are able to administrate, in the, particularly in the public healthcare space. And mm-hmm. I think we agree, healthcare has evolved, right? No more are we um, just looking at patients, like you said, in the hospital. We're looking at how we can reach other people. And I mean, Africa is in great need. So how can we, as developed African states, mm-hmm. help those countries in Africa that you know, don't have access and resources. You get the Red Cross and all different people flying to all different uh, countries to basically help. But how can we do that through the use of technology? So mm. getting maybe more uh, intelligent or creative about how, how we create platforms to do that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, there's a great opportunity, and this is why for me personally, I'm I'm dead set on coming back. A lot of people are like, "Oh no, but you must work there when you're done." <laughs> I'm dead set on coming because I feel there's a void. Um, Power to you, my yeah. I, I didn't go. To, to the US to go study what I'm studying so that I, I can stay within the same space. Mm. Uh, I went there to go learn the skills that I need to learn because specifically the course that I'm doing is not available in the country. Okay. Um, I went to go learn the skills that I'm learning to come back and implement what I've learned. Mm. Uh, um, in, 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 even in my thinking, we need to, you're right, we need to think about healthcare more creatively. For example, um, I started a company, it's, it's, and the whole idea of behind the company is that it's a, it's a digital, it's a digital multimedia healthcare kind of like ad agency. Like in terms of like health communications, we don't have that. Mm. We don't have people that are focusing on how to communicate healthcare better. Mm. And I'm looking at the ways in which we can communicate healthcare better in South Africa. Um, how do we infiltrate the different markets? Uh, because prevention is better than cure, obviously. Mm. Um, but how do you get to a point where to say, Umama, who is from Mzimkulu, you know, how do we get to her? How do we communicate that, you know, having lots of salt in your diet is not a good idea. Having lots of sugar is not a good idea. Mm. Eating yeah. a lot of starch is those not a basics. good idea as well. Mm. So those kind of things don't get communicated to people. So my aim is to really f- find ways to help health organizations communicate better. Mm. Fantastic. Great. So, I mean, we, we've come towards the end of our show. Um, and, and what I do with all my guests is I ask them two questions, which I'm going to uh, pose to you as well. Uh, I'm going to start with the vision question. Um, and it's really, uh, you know, a lot of what you're doing is purpose driven. So yeah. what I want to get to is maybe kind of what would the end point look like if there was one for you? So what is your vision for South Africa and for the continent in the context of the work you do and, and how the world is changing? Jeez. It's um, not an example. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I always get like a bit, cause I don't, Technically, I won't lie to you. I don't work in like five-year plans, ten-year yeah. plans. I just You're still very young. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I just always have a purpose behind everything that I'm doing, and mm. I've always done this. For me, I've always wanted to change the state of healthcare in the country and the continent. Okay, and changing that for me means having well-developed and well-run systems that are functional throughout. Everyone, I mean, healthcare is the right. It's not. It's, it's not a it's not a privilege. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone should have access to healthcare. It does not matter where you're from. And sometimes we think we have it bad in South Africa. There are other African countries that have it even worse. The mm, stories that we read from Doctors Without Borders, mm. it's horrible. Mm-hmm. It's and, and and I feel that we should be garnering our work not just for self and 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 for 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 capital, which a lot of people tend to do because you get tired of functioning in the public healthcare system, but the whole idea is that we we change the state of healthcare for everyone, so that healthcare no longer becomes this privilege that people have, but it's the need that is required. So functional systems, functional systems of healthcare within the whole African continent. If it was up to me, I mean, we'd have like one central server, 
where everyone's patient records are kept and wherever you're traveling in the continent, we're able to retrieve them. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what we need. Okay. Fantastic. And, um, the premise of the show I mentioned earlier, we talk about disruption. The world is changing. It's evolving at a rapid rate. Um, how do you define disruption? Um, or let me ask it differently for you. Um, I'd say you've been disruptive in terms of how you've approached the medical fraternity, right? Yeah. So how do you view disruption in your world? Look, in terms of how I view disruption in my world, I, I, I really think it's the healthcare space is, as you're saying, like it's one of the things that people are always interested in. And, and we, we literally have so much to do. Um, and there's so much opportunity to change things. And, and with, with the advent of artificial intelligence, um, um, robotics, <laughs> robotics. I mean, we, some, I, I personally think like at a point in time, we'll no longer need doctors in certain spaces. Um, what a bold mm. statement. <laughs> no, I've, I mean, no, I've had, true. I've had conversations with a couple of uh, doctors, you know, practicing clinicians on the show and, and they kind of feel there are certain spaces where we'll rapidly move in that direction. Yeah. 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 There's, there's, there's times where we will not need doctors. I mean, we already have pharmacies that are self managed by like robots mm. where, a patient comes in and says, this is what I need. These are my repeat scripts. Mm. And you press a button and your medication comes out. You don't need human beings anymore mm. to be there looking for mm. the label. And, mm. you know, uh, so the world is moving in that direction. And I, I think as as the developing world, we need to quickly catch up as well. Mm. Okay. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Any Thank final you, words doctor. from your side, Dumi? Um, I think, you know, it's, uh, for me, the world is changing at a rapid pace. And, um, I think there's a lot that we need to talk about. And like the doctor said, um, healthcare is one of those areas for me that I'm passionate about. But I, I think in, in our world right now, we need to be more, we need to use young people more. Um, and, and make sure that we're always learning and, and getting better at what we do. So we're looking forward to the, the future. Fantastic. Dr. Sivu, thank you so much for joining us on the show. If people want to follow you and, and get insights from you, um, what is your, what are your handles or where do they get hold of you? Uh, thank you for having me. So, um, on Facebook, it's Sivuila Matigana. Okay. Uh, on Instagram is at the Sivu on, yeah, and I'm verified by the way. Uh, at the Sivu <laughs> on Twitter? At the Sivu on Twitter as okay. well. Um, and my email address is, uh, info at drsivu.co.za. Okay. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us on Disrupt with Mpumin Tlapo. It's been a pleasure having you. Um, we look forward to another exciting show next week and to our sponsors, T Systems, for making the platform available. Thank you very much and have a wonderful day. This is Disrupt with Mpumin Tlapo, powered by T Systems. This is cliffcentral.com.